بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد. So um, 28. We finished, right? We finished 27. We finished 27, and we're doing 28 now. Okay. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He states in this ayah, كيف تكفرون بالله وأنتم مواتا فأحياكم ثم يميتكم ثم يحييكم ثم إليه ترجعون. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He says after the previous ayat, what was Allah Subhanahu wa Taala talking about, and what was, what was being mentioned? I'm sorry. Okay, so we, we were talking about Fisk before, but the context that Fisk was being discussed was what? Covenant? Right, so it had to do with the covenant. It didn't, so Fisk over there, in general, when in general terms, when we say Fisk or Fasik, what are we actually talking about? If I, if I say somebody's a Fasik, what, what does that mean? So they're sinners, right? In general, in a general context, it means sinners, but when it's used in a context of Iman and Kufr, it means that these people are actually rebellious. So that, that's the actual root meaning but depending on the context of the verses it can either mean somebody who's sinning or it can mean somebody who's rebellious if it's in the context of Iman and uh, Kufr so Allah, I don't think it's warm outside anymore nobody's listening Zakallah <laughs> So, uh, so Allah Subhanahu wa Taala was talking about. He was talking about Iman Kufr, right? He was talking about the people who believe. He was talking about the people who disbelieve. Uh, he brought proofs in his concerning his existence, and he used the worldly proofs to prove that he existed. And then he talked about religious signs to prove that this religion is the one that is correct, and how to actually uh, worship him. So then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he he started talking about. He brought the example of the of the mosquito, right? That's I think that's what we actually spoke about last time. And we talked about how that was related to the entire discussion and how that was um, uh, relevant to that. And then we talked about Allah's covenant and what that was and where that happened and when that was entailed. And then we talked about how is it possible after all of these things, and this is the next ayah and this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now leading into, where he says, how can you ignore Allah? How can you deny Allah when you were lifeless and he gave you life? When he will cause you to die, then resurrect you to be returned to him. So let's take these pieces step by step. How is it possible that you disbelieve or you deny or you ignore Allah? وَكُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا And when you were lifeless. فَأَحْيَاكُمْ So he gave you life. What is he talking about here? Ah, the initial creation, right? So when he's talking, what he's talking about here is the, the one who initially created you. And, and the term he uses here to describe himself is what? Again, this is important. He says, كَيْفَ تَكْفَرُونَ بِاللَّهِ Right? How do you deny or how do you ignore Allah? Right? He doesn't say, كَيْفَ تَكْفَرُونَ بِرَبِّكُمْ He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, كَيْفَ تَكْفَرُونَ بِقَالِقِكُمْ He says, كَيْفَ تَكْفَرُونَ بِاللَّهِ And remember, this is a summation and this is a summary of all of the proofs that he had mentioned and brought before. And this is why he's talking about that specifically, saying that, that when you were lifeless, meaning that before you even existed, before you even existed, he is the one that actually brought you to life and he gave you life. Then he caused you to die. Then he caused you to die. Then he resurrects you. And then to him you will be resurrected. Or then to him you will be brought back. So 
this next part here, this next part here, the first part, I don't think there's any difference. I don't think there's any difference amongst all of mankind, um, except for people who deny Allah completely. But those who say that there's a superior Lord and lesser Lords, or there's a superior God and lesser Gods, all of them believe essentially what? That there is one? There's one supreme being that he, and he is the one that actually, right? He's the one that created everything, right? He's the one that initiated the creation and he started that. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, okay, then he initially brings you to life. Then what he, does he do? Then he causes you to, huh? he causes you to lose it. He causes you to die. Then the next part, he says, thumma yuhikum. Then he brings you back to life. And if we look at the context of all of this, this, this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that how is it possible that you disbelieve basically he's saying how do you disbelieve in a Lord which, who is the one that initially created you and he is the one that will cause you to die and then after that death he will bring you back to life this part here that he will bring you back to life who believes that? Muslims. only the Muslims believe that only the Muslims believe that and this is something that is unique to who? In, in this, historically, to the people who are being addressed here, right? So the Jews believe in a reincarnation or resurrection, uh -huh. and and the Christians, right? So these are the two groups that are that could be being addressed here. So and if we said, okay, this also includes the Quraysh, how? No, actually they didn't. This was the biggest problems that they had with uh, the Prophet of Muhammad that they completely rejected his, his nubu'ah. They, they said, okay, how, how is it possible, number one, that you took removed these lesser gods? That doesn't make any sense to us. The second thing that doesn't make any sense to us, how is it possible that we're going to come back to life? This is a thing that they, they completely, openly denied. And, and the answer is in the same ayah. Think about it. I'm sorry? Okay. That's that's fine. But how? How is that related to the fact that he will bring us back to life? I'm sorry? Because he's done it once already. Right? And this is how he starts I. He said, if I I am the one that brought you into existence from what? From nothing. Yeah, there was nothing and I brought you into existence. Then I will cause you to die. And then what? I will bring you back to life. I will resurrect you. And... Why is this? How how is this believable based on the context of the verse? If if he can bring you to life or he can create you from nothing, is it easier to bring something to existence from nothing or to use some type of existing structure and build on that? Huh? Right. The second one is easier. Right. The second one is easier, and this is what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is basically implying here. And then he's saying thumma ilahi turjaron, and that the end, the end. Return will be to him. Uh, the end return will be to him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way he, he discusses in this verse, he is using the, the present tense for all of these verbs. Right? He's using the mulatic form of all of these verbs, saying, Takfurun, Yumitukum, Yuhikum, Turjiyahun. So, disbelief or ignoring him, this is used in the present tense time and time again. Um, Causing you to die, time and time again. Bringing you to life, time and time again. Returning to him, time and time again. 
how is that possible and what is the intent here? Because remember, we said if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks generally in the present tense, it means that something that happens again and again and again. So what does that have to do here and how do we, how do we reconcile that? Or we can't. Yes, that happens repeatedly. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. Hi, he's talking about each person here, right? He's talking about individuals here. He's he's so. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he means time and time again, he's talking about it's going to happen to me, it's going to happen to you, it's going to happen to him, it's going to happen to hers, it's going to happen to everyone. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's talking to the groups of people that this cycle is something that will continue. It's not going to continue for all of, meaning all of mankind isn't going to go through these cycles and start again. But individually, these cycles will continue until the final result will be everybody returning eventually to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But will everybody... For example, be created at the same time? No. Will everybody die at the same time? No. Will everybody return at the same time? No. Right? So this is something that, uh, that to help kind of put that in, in context of why it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in, in, that, in that way. And the, the next ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, هُوَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى إِلَى السَّمَاءِ فَسَوَّى هُنَّ سَبْعَ سَمَاوَاتِ وَهُوَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٍ it was he who created all that is on the earth for you. What do you guys think about that? Okay. Not only has he created all of these things and he's made them easy for us to utilize and to benefit from, he actually created them for for us, right? He created these things specifically for mankind. And he says here, everything on this earth. Everything on this earth. And he specifies this earth very clearly. It is he who created everything for you on this earth. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى إِلَى السَّمَا Then he turned to the sky. فَسَوَّهُنَّ سَبَعَ سَمَوَاتِ And he made them, and he made the seven heavens. وَهُوَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٌ And it's, it's interesting how he ends the ayah, but I want to talk about these sections one by one. So over here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى uh, Istiwa is translated a number of different ways. What, what do you have? He turned to the sky. Okay. Um, a few other translations say he ascended. A few other translations say that he uh, he rose. And there are a number of different ways to to interpret that. But if we look at it contextually, and if we look at what it is that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is saying here, meaning that he created the earth, and then if we took this translation and we said he turned to, if we took the translation that he rose, if we took the translation that he ascended. What is a good way to kind of reconcile all of this? Because it is not possible that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shares characteristics with mankind, right? And even in the 
context of the verse, there's an understanding that we can take away from that. And what can we take away from that? Or what do you guys understand from that? So he starts off by saying everything on the earth was made for us to you. Okay, so he, he made everything on the earth for you, meaning that what did he create first? The earth. He created the earth first. So then he turned to the sky and made the sky and the heavens. Uh, then, then he gave his next importance to the sky. the sky, right? And creating that into seven levels. So the seven heavens, what does that mean? Typically speaking, it could mean the literal aspects of the atmosphere. Okay. How many layers of the atmosphere do we have? There's four, There's four right? The, the outer sphere, which would be the space and onwards. Okay. Which would be somewhere in the middle of seven. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know. I was just asking. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the reasons that I mentioned that is that Sometimes there is a discussion of metaphysics in the Quran. And metaphysics is basically like the, the spiritual nature of, of certain things. Now, is it possible that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes speaks about things literally? And is it possible that sometimes he speaks about things metaphysically? Or is it possible that sometimes these numbers are a representation to show that something is in layers and there are many layers? Right? That, that's also a possibility. So all of these things are a definite possibility. But is the per do you really think the purpose of this verse is for us to focus on the fact that he created seven skies or seven heavens? No. What is the purpose of it? To make me realize that we have to act this and like uh, the resources that he's given us to use. Good. He wants us to focus on the resources that he has given us. And the first resources that he the first resource that he blessed us with is the earth. And he said he made everything in the earth and all of this earth I only made. The only purpose of this earth is to what? For us to use. And why did he create us? Ah, to worship him. So basically this earth is meant to be a means to help us and to facilitate for us what? Our worship. Hmm? And he's made all of these things easy for us. So basically if we take this term istiwa, it basically means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gave his first importance to the creation that he gave the most importance to, which was us. So he gave that priority. Then the next priority he gave to the was the sky that was above us. Wait, so, uh -huh. so he mentioned the earth and then he mentioned the sky. So yeah. he mentioned them separately. Does that mean like uh, when he creates the sky, it's sort of separate from the earth? Yes, that, that's, I mean, that's the apparent understanding. That's the apparent understanding that the first the earth was created and then the atmosphere or the sky or whatever you want to call it or space around it was created. Uh, and, and this would seem to be the the order of creation, if if, if you will. Is this like the Psalms take on how like in Christianity or Judaism they believe that like took God like seven days to make everything and they rested on the eighth day? So we we actually do have a verse that that is similar to that. Um, I, I just I forget the verses. Like it, it was something about if you sit at the end. I'll pull I'll pull it up. But it, it basically Allah subhanahu wa taala and it's a, it's it's a similar type of wording to this. He's a who uh, khalaqakum. Uh, no, that right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He created the heavens and the earth in six days And then he rose Or then he turned his attention to his His throne So there is a verse that is very similar to that The, the only difference between the narrative of Islam And the narrative of Christianity We don't take those six days To actually be a literal six days They say that the entire universe Was created in six days and six in one day is equal to a thousand years right so the earth was created in six thousand years and that's why they're very much fixated on on that 
we we respond by saying that it is possible because we do have other verses that say that a day to Allah is is like a thousand years. Um, but is it necessary that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended that when he said that verse? Again, what is the focus of the verse? What is the meaning behind it? Was that the limitation of creation? Or was there more creation that was outside of that time frame? We're, we're not bound by that time frame. And you find many scholars discussing this issue in particular. The time frame is not an issue for us. It's, it's not a big deal for us. And one of the reasons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why do you think he would focus on saying six days instead of seven like the Jews and the Christians? What is the difference? Do you guys know? What happened on the seventh day? He rested. So why is it that we focus on the six and not seven? Uh, because we, we want to show that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of rest. Alright? Um, so it's not, again, we, we don't have that time frame fixation that, uh, that you'll find with the Jews and the Christians. We have a lot more, there's, it's a lot more uh, open to interpretation and a lot more open to discussion. Um, so then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and, and he ends the ayah in a very interesting way. He says, That it is he who has knowledge of all things. You would think that he would kind of end this verse with saying That he is the one who is able to do all things Right? Why, do you, why is this more appropriate? Because um, he, he created it mm-hmm. And he should know that's hey, what Right? He, he should know the reason for the creation Right? He's the one that created it So not only does he need to know the reason for it But he also needs to know how to do it Right, because you could have the ability to do things, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given all of us an innate ability. He's given us the ability to write. But does that mean I can write Chinese or does this mean I can write French or German? No. But I do have the ability to write. But if I had the knowledge of those things, if I had the knowledge of those things, even if I didn't have that particular ability, I would still find a way to make it happen. I would still find a way to make it complete. And that's why it's more appropriate in this verse for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to address himself as Alim and not as Qadir. I was thinking more of like, um, uh-huh. let's say if you like create a, I don't know, like film and separate or something. Yeah. But then, and like you have like whatever people using it, but then afterwards you leave it, you don't really have knowledge of like what's going on actually inside it. Uh, you don't you don't understand the so the the there's like you're not sort of monitoring. I understand you're not you're not supervising it you're not monitoring it basically it's a um, you you've created yeah. and then you've taken a step back from your creation right. and you've kind of allowed things to run by itself and without knowing and maybe you might not even know the intricacies of what is happening or the details of what's happening in that that's that's a definitely a possibility that's definitely a possibility so knowing why you created it knowing how to create it and knowing the intricacies of what is going to happen right so th- this is something that would show that his his knowledge where did it start and where did it stop meaning that he had knowledge before the creation and he will continue having knowledge after it, which shows a completion. Because the steps of creation here, he's laid out very clearly. Right? He laid out the steps of creation. Because in order for him to create the earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would first need to do what? He'd have to know what it is that he's creating. Then he created it, and he knew how to create it, which in, entails another level of knowledge, and how to maintain it, and how to keep that going. Because if we looked here, okay, what is the purpose of creating a sky? Right? You would need you would need to know the steps of what it is that you're doing in order to do that. And this is, shows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's complete knowledge and his, the vastness of it and the wisdom his wisdom behind it. 
So the next ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةِ قَالُوا أَتَجْعَلُوا فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسِدُوا فِيهَا وَيَسْفِكُ الدِّمَاءِ وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ قَالَ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ When your Lord told the angels, I am putting a successor on earth. They said, how can you put someone there who will cause damage and bloodshed when we celebrate your praise and proclaim your holiness? But he said, I know things you do not. So, over here, what is the, the lead into this story? And what is the purpose of this? How is it related to the previous verse? Um, in the previous verse, talking about the Good. So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, initially he, he basically he laid the ground saying that, okay, I've created this earth, I've clear, created these heavens, now I'm making the creation to, to actually place, place on this earth. And what is interesting to note here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he told the angels saying, I am putting a su successor on earth. No, well, successor mean a successor to who? Any his his successor, his Khalifa, and successor might not be a good word, but more like his 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 vice regent, his representative. Huh? He's putting his representative, he's putting his vice regent uh, on this earth. Where is he putting him? On the earth. He's not putting him where? In Jannah, right? This is the lead-in to the and and look how Allah Subhanahu wa Taala begins this. He begins his story, he begins his discussion talking about, I'm going to put this individual, I'm going to put this creation on earth. He didn't say, I'm going to put this creation in in heaven. Meaning that he always intended Azawajal what? Didn't he put Adam in heaven first? He did, and we're going to get to those verses. And that's why I'm saying it's important to, to look at this. Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he always intended what? Ha, he always intended for mankind to be on earth. He always intended that. Meaning that we cannot blame Adam السلام, we cannot blame Hawa over what happened because Allah had always intended to place them on the earth anyway. They answer and they say, How can you put someone there who will cause damage and bloodshed? Where are they getting that information? Were there were there humans before Adam? Uh, they were jinn. Right? So there there is khilaf or there is a difference of opinion between the uh, scholars of tafsir and the uh, and the historians some of them on who was before mankind the the most popular opinion is that they were jinn that there were jinn before mankind and what were the jinn doing right so the angel said okay well you made a creation before and when you made that creation you put them on earth what happened they, they were just fighting and they were killing each other why are you making another creation when we, you have us, basically, right? You have us to, to do tasbih. You have us to you know, glorify you and to sanctify you and proclaim your holiness. Why do you think they said that? I mean, because they saw what happened with whatever creations before mm -hmm. that. So they would assume if you were to add another creation okay. similar, then Right, so there's a difference of opinion between scholars on why it is that they ask that. So one reason is what you mentioned, that they're actually curious, right? They're actually curious, like, why, you know, you made one and they're killing each other, you're just going to make another one and, you know, what's going to happen? What's another reason? Because 
We'll get to shaitan and we'll come back and I'll ask you again, inshallah. But he said, I know things you do not. Does this really answer their question? Not really. Right, he doesn't explain it. He's like, I'm, I'm not, basically, I'm not going to explain to you. And we'll see why he does that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the next ayah, وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا ثُمَّ عَرَضَهُمْ عَلَى الْمَلَائِكَةِ فَقَالَ أَنْبِئُونِي بِأَسْمَاءِهَا أُولَاءِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ He taught Adam the name of all, or the names of all things. Then he showed them to the angels and said, Tell me the names of these if you truly can. قَالُوا سُبْحَانَكَ لَا عِلْمَ لَنَا إِلَّا مَا عَلَّمْتَنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَلِيمُ الْحَكِيمُ they said, may you be glorified. We have knowledge only of what you have taught us. You are the all-knowing and all-wise. قَالَ يَا آدَمُ أَنْبِئُهُمْ بِأَسْمَائِهِمْ فَلَمَّا أَنْبَأَهُمْ بِأَسْمَائِهِمْ قَالَ أَلَمْ أَقُلْ لَكُمْ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ غَيْبَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَأَعْلَمُ مَا تُبْدُونَ وَمَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْتُمُونَ Then he said, Adam, tell them the names of these. When he told them their names, Allah said, did I not tell you that I know what is hidden in the heavens and the earth? And, what, and that I know what you reveal and what you conceal. So if we take these sets of verses or you take these sets of ayat, or you know what, let's do the next one too. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to them, When we told the angels bow down before Adam, they all bowed, but not Iblis who refused and was arrogant. He was one of the disobedient. He was one of the disbelievers. So let's take all of these verses in in context, right? We have this group of verses. You guys have the story now in front of you on what it is that happened from the creation of Adam والسلام, until the point where they are actually commanded to prostrate to him. So what is one of the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala distinguishes Adam with? Right, so he's given him knowledge, right? He's given him knowledge of the names of things. Meaning that there are things that were around, but nobody realized that they actually had names. And then Adam came and he, he was like, all right, Adam, tell them, tell them about this stuff. How does this go back to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I know things you do not? Why do you think he answered the way he did, Azawajid? Alright, so he, right, so he wanted to show them like you are limited, firstly. Right? There are things that I know and there are things that you don't know. And I want to show you that limitation. And also, instead of giving them an answer, what does he do? Azawajit. Right, he shows them. Right? He doesn't sell he doesn't tell them, he actually shows them. And many times showing is a lot more powerful than actually explaining. Because had Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explained to them, it would have taken more time because again, their knowledge is what? Their knowledge is limited. And when somebody's knowledge is limited, it's easier just to sit, sit down and to, and to show them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells them the names of all things. Then He showed them to the angels. And, and then what does Allah do here? Adam, He says, Adam, He's there. He's like, all right, this is a chair, and this is a carpet, this is a microphone, right? He's telling them the names of all things. And then what does Allah do? Allah interjects and says to the angels what? No, before that. In 31. I, I 31. Uh, he said, okay, well, you know, if you guys think you know the names of these things, why don't you? Why don't you tell them? Why does Allah do that? To show that they're not, but to, for the 
Uh, to show to show them that their knowledge is limited, but also implicitly, what is something else that he's showing them? Uh, the superiority of Allah, showing them the superiority of Allah. So he's Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has managed to do two things with one action. Firstly, he shows them he he actually shows them that their knowledge is limited, and by showing them that their knowledge is limited, he actually shows them that this creation is is superior to you. Because if you look at it, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he doesn't say. They're not going to commit bloodshed, right? He doesn't deny any of those things. He doesn't say that they're going to cause. He, they're not going to cause damage. Allah doesn't promise and pr say that. Okay, no, this new creation is going to be better. It's like a 2.0. You know, they're not. It's, they're not going to cause any problems. They're not going to do these things. But Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, what is the one thing that He wanted to emphasize and to show? Or I won't say one, but what are some of the things that He wanted to emphasize and show? Humans are better. Uh, humans are better, right? Humans are the superior creation. And why are they the superior creation? Because of knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them the ability to, to learn. And He's given them the ability to, to, to relay that knowledge also. Showing this and this shows us about the angels. That the angels, their knowledge is very limited. Their ability to learn in that way is very limited. Right? So their creativity is going to be limited. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changes uh, challenges them. So then the angels they respond That may you be glorified We have knowledge only of what you have taught us You are the all-knowing, the all-wise At this point they're, they what? What do they do? They submit They said okay, you know, we were wrong yeah. <laughs> we, we were wrong You know, you, you are the all-knowing You're the all-wise you, you know exactly what it is What you're doing You know how you're doing it you know you're you're taking care of everything, you know, and, and we're we're completely wrong. So then, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he he takes this a step further, right? So not only does he Adam alayhi salam he starts telling them Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he takes it a step further by saying So now instead of Adam alayhi salam actually taking name the name of the things around him, what does Allah command him to do? <laughs> It's right here in the, in the it's right here in the ayah. Ayah 33. What does he say? Tell them, Adam, tell them their names. Tell them their names. Yeah. Meaning who? Who is Adam talking to now? The he's actually talking to the angels. He's addressing the angels. Just imagine now he's going to the, every single angel and he, what is he doing? He's, giving them he's telling them their name. Like, well, your name is you know your name is Jibrail, your Mikael, your Right? He's telling them what their names are. Now is this? Is far more powerful than just pointing out the names of other things, because this is something that they didn't even realize what about themselves, right? They didn't even realize this about themselves, like what, wow, like even I have a name, right? They they didn't even have this this uh, this much intellect that they even recognize these things. So and then he said, فَلَمَّا أَنْبَأَهُمْ بِأَسْمَائِهِمْ and when he told them their names, Allah said. Did I not tell you that I know what is hidden in the heavens and the earth, and that I know what you reveal and what you conceal? So, if we break down this ayah, if we look about this part of this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, He's I know everything that is hidden in the heavens and everything that is hidden in the earth. He's addressing who now? The angels. And the angels are a part of what? Are they a part of the physical world or are they a part of the, the metaphysical world? 
right? They're part of the metaphysical world. They're part of the spiritual world. Do they have interactions in the physical world sometimes? Yes. But in general, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but he's talking to these ghaybi beings. He's talking to these ghaybi beings, telling them, I know everything that is hidden in the heavens and earth. Meaning that there are many things that even, that you don't know. Right? There are things that you don't know. And he says, and I know what it is that you reveal and what you hide. What is he talking about? What are they hiding? What are the angels hiding? Allah's talking to the angels here. Sure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, that I know what you reveal and what you conceal. He's talking to the angels. So he's saying to the angels, I know, I, I, I know your actions. I know your physical actions wherever you are and however you are. I know them. And I also know what? What is in your hearts. So what is it in their hearts that Allah is, huh? Jealousy. Look at the verses. Now, Ibn Kathir, he challenges this. Ibn Kathir, he challenges this. And uh, you know, I, just to be academically honest with you guys. Ibn Kathir says that it's not possible for angels to be jealous and whoever claims that they're jealous is ignorant. I disagree. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's just my, my personal observation. Obviously, Ibn Kathir is Ibn Kathir. But based on, the, based on the context of the verses and how Allah presents them and then immediately follows it with how Iblis, what did Iblis do? Right. So Allah, he's, he's giving us a lesson here in jealousy Right, he's giving us a lesson here in jealousy That It's okay to be jealous But how you act on that jealousy Is, is the issue How did the angels act on their jealousy? Right, they submitted They submitted and they understood And they accepted the reality of the situation And what did What happened with Iblis? Right, he refused. He rejected. He 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 remained stubborn upon what he is. So this is a lesson in humility and in stubbornness in regards to an individual's jealousy, because jealousy is a natural feeling. And 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 the reason I mentioned this is because I I always found it very interesting that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he he says He says I know what you reveal and what you conceal. Now and this this really struck me. It really struck me that what was it that the angels were hiding? And this is the only thing that I could I, I could understand. I could, you know, is it possible that they were actually curious? Yes, you know, I, I definitely believe that that is a that is a real possibility. But the way that Allah presents it, because immediately what does He follow this ayah with? He says, so then we told the angels bow down before Adam, and they all, they all bowed. Meaning they submitted to Allah's knowledge, they submitted to His will, they submitted to His wisdom. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, إِلَّا Iblis. He says, except for Iblis who refused, Aba wastakbar. He refused and he was arrogant. وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ And he was one of the disobedient. So was he originally an angel? Or so this, this is a good discussion. This is a good discussion. Um, I, I think we're running a little long on time. But that's something we can talk about next time, inshallah. We'll talk about what is it with the position of Iblis. Because the thing is, in general, in, even in Arabic and even in English, when I make an exception, if I say everyone was there except Muhammad, what does that mean? 
that Muhammad, it's usually Muhammad is part of that gathering. Uh, even in Arabic, it works, it works in a very, very similar mechanics. That if you're talking about someone and then you make an exception with someone, which is what's happening here, that that person is usually part of that group. Meaning that is it possible that Iblis was an angel? Is that a discussion that we have? And that's something, inshallah, we could talk about uh, next time. But the, what I really wanted to focus on and what, what always struck me about these verses is how when a person is hit with pangs of jealousy and how it's not limited to mankind. SubhanAllah, it's, it's amazing, man. It's not limited to mankind. It's something to the point that it gets to the angels. Now, how angels deal with it, obviously, and how they process things are very different. How Iblis dealt with it and how he processed it was also very different. Um, so, but but we will talk a little bit more about Iblis, and also remind me next time. I, I want to talk about Hanan bin. This is because I said there was a difference of opinion on who existed before Adam. Um, so the jinn is one, the majority opinion, and then there were there's a a two tribes known as Hin and Bin that that I want to talk about too. So just remind me about that next time. And Bin. And bin. Yeah. So the second reason going back to like why they asked that question was. Huh. Yes, yeah. The second was um, possibly to see if they were the supreme race. Right, jealousy. jealousy. Right, jealousy. Oh. So, so that that would yes, That would be the answer to to that question. That why did they ask this question? Number one, out of actual curiosity, or secondly, because they were jealous. They were jealous. And they they were like because look look at even the way that they respond. They said, you know, well, you know, all we know from these creation is that they they kill and they destroy. And what what do we do? We're, we're, we're solid, you know. What I mean, like <laughs> we worship you and we praise you and we do. Like, what is it? What do you need another creation for? So, Allahu Alam. I mean, Allahu Alam. But uh, this, this is the, this is the conclusion I, I've, I've drawn from these verses. Allahu Alam. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Muhammad Wa Alaihi Wasallam. Any questions? We got, we have two minutes. <laughs> This, no, so, so the thing is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says about the angels That they do not dis- disobey Allah's command Meaning whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Commands them They always they always listen And it goes back to the debate Do they have free will or not There, There is a valid difference of opinion On whether they have free will or not um, I mean if they could show uh-huh. jealousy Then they have some yeah, so so there there is there is some stuff that's definitely there. There is some element of free will that is definitely there because even the different hadith that you see that there was a man who, uh, when he came up from rukua, he said loudly, he said loudly, he said Rabbana hamdan kathiran tayyiban The Prophet Muhammad he said I saw angels rushing down. He saw I saw angels rushing down to write down what he said. It, it, and it doesn't seem apparent that Allah sent them, that Allah commanded them to go and write down what this what this uh, what this individual said, and they actually had a, they made an active choice uh, in in doing that. So I guess so the difference would be that we have people to get disobey Allah, they don't. Yeah. So basically, they will never disobey Allah. They will never disobey Allah. Now, whether we say that's out of choice that they never disobey Him, or because they don't have free will, that both of these are viable opinions uh, versus human beings. That we, for for a fact, we do have a free will, and there will be people who disobey Allah. And, and the same thing with Jim. So going off that, on the other side, yeah, because we know that they obey Allah, um, and like you said with that example right there, they go above and beyond mm-hmm. uh, outside of Allah to praise Him. Mm-hmm. That also incorporates free will. So so the thing is, if for them 
they have limitations because of their intellectual limitations. There's not many worship that they can do except those that have been dictated to them. Does, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, that makes sense? Right. They they're very much limited into into cre in create. I guess creativity is yeah. a good way of putting it. They don't have that creativity. So if they're given if they're given commands, then that is where their basically their uh, their intellect stops. Anything else? Uh, 34? Uh, 34, I believe, yes. Did we finish that? Yeah. Yes, we finished. We finished 34. And inshallah, next time, we will... The problem is uh, the, the verses that tell a story, I have to actually group them. Because you, you're, not, you're not going to... There's no, there's no context without, the, without grouping the verses together. Those in the verses that we were talking about in Ramadan individually, they actually had a lot to do with like iman and kufur and like you know with greater concepts that needed a lot more time and needed a lot more depth. And, and this is like my reverse way of trolling Ramiz. Because no. <laughs> he's, so he's, he's not here, so I'm going, I'm going to go a lot more. Subhanallah, Allahumma bihamdik wa shalallahu alaihi wasallam.